Butcher Talk. Hey, what's up? This is another episode of the Butcher Bordell of Blood podcast. As always, I'm Zach Butcher, and uh, I got Blade Brown with me. And this week, we got the homie Gavin Updog himself. What's up, man? How are you? What's up? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing real well. Just sipping on my apple water. <laughs> See, this it is that It sounds bit. yummy. I, I, want it. I need to get some. It sounds delicious. It's Fuji Apple. Fuji Apple Water. <laughs> Fuji Apple Water, available only at Walmart. Uh, that's that's right. the branding at for this Walmart. episode. <laughs> Thank you, We're Fuji now, Apple uh, Water, sponsored. for sponsoring the Butcher Bordello of Blood podcast. <laughs> Clear American Water, our first sponsor. Aren't you guys so glad that I got you that sponsor and now you have so much money? I'm so happy. They gave me a cotton candy water that I can't wait to try and hurt my teeth with. Apparently, they say that you can drink the cotton candy water and you don't have to brush your teeth. That's it's like just as good. It's just as good for you as brushing your teeth if you drink it in the morning and and at night. Is that because of the crystals? By this, yeah. Is it because of the crystals in the water? uh, Nine out of ten dentists. You know what? That bit's too stupid for me to keep firing off. Uh, how are you guys today? Everyone's doing well. well I'm it's, trying to uh, act like we haven't been talking for like 30 minutes before this. It's yeah. 28 degrees in Akron, so you know it's a heat wave. It's mad here. cold. I went out. Yeah. I went out to get breakfast, and I was not happy with that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was not happy with that. Uh, I haven't brushed off my deck since the snowpocalypse last week, so there's like a good foot of snow on my deck, just entirely covering it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everything on there is just dead now to me. My kayaks are gone. It's just, they're not there. Alright, well, <laughs> deal with that later. Yeah, we'll deal with it later when the snow melts. That's right. Uh, yesterday, the UPS people put a package just dead ass in the foot of snow, surrounded by snow. So when I brought it in, it was just wet. Ugh. That's awful. Yeah. It was fine. It was non-perishable. Anyway, whatever. All right. So um, the way we start everything off is uh, we always ask the guest what their earliest memory of horror is. Oh, man. The earliest memory of horror. So there's there's two that... S- do you guys consider uh, Seven a horror movie? Sure, why not? Yeah, whatever. Because there's, no like, rules. some hardcore stuff in that movie. When yeah, I was, like, yeah. three years old, I remember wa- seeing the scene where... Sorry for the dead air. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing the scene where the... the What are they called? The SWAT team goes into the room, and the guy is dead in the bed, and all of the uh, air fresheners are hung yeah. above yeah, yeah, him. Yeah. And they're like, this guy's dead. And then he just, like, jumps back to life. I remember seeing that when I was like three, and it ru- ruined me. You know, I don't like. I feel like every like horror fan has that moment when they're like a kid and they see the the movie that like they're not supposed to see, and they're just like, oh. And that was totally it for me. That and like Ernest scared stupid. <laughs> God, damn. which is great. Which is an incredible movie. Eartha Kitt is in that movie, and she kills it. I I don't even remember that. I hate Ernest, dude. Why? I've out so Why? many. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Jim Varney is very anti him. He he just he grinds my gears. Why does he grind your gears? Is this funny? Yeah, that's obviously. (laughs) Uh, The the complete lack of humor just pisses me off to no end. Come on, man. We hate humor here. It was it was the nineties. It was the bottom of the barrel. (laughs) Everything was fine. You could do anything. You could make funny faces. I just. 
I'm not a fan. It's not my jam at all. I I hated him when I was a little kid too. Really? Yeah. I remember watching those movies and just like being pissed off the entire time. Damn. No, I loved I loved Jim Varney, man. I would do anything to bring him back to life. <laughs> I didn't even know he was uh, dead, so this is already died, He died <laughs> 20 he smoked cigarettes his entire life and died of lung cancer. That makes Whoa. sense. That checks yeah. out. Yeah. Right. Childhood like, icon right there. Childhood icon and chugging <laughs> cigarettes and making funny faces. I have uh, great news for you. As a first on our podcast, you get to get our resurrection special. Live on air, what? we're gonna bring him back for Dude, you today. I would, what do we have to do? You just gotta cut your hand and place it in the circle we sent to you via airmail. Hey, can someone bring me a knife? <laughs> Uh, you know what? That's going to take too much time. I have stuff to do today. Maybe next time, buddy. Sure, sure, sure. So, um, moving from there, what's uh, what's the earliest memory of art that, like, you know, it made you want to make art? I know you do music. I know uh, you you do some some other, like, some, you not YouTube, uh, like, Twitter things. You know, like, what, what made you want to like be an artist what was it that you saw or experienced well both of my parents were artistic in one form or another my mom um she was like raised very traditionally out in like arkansas she was born in like 47 um but she just has like a natural aptitude for painting and uh you know like like right now she works she creates costumes 16th century costumes for museums and she she makes all the costumes for all the interpreters who work there and um my father he was a woodworker and he carved all sorts of things i've got i've got here let me show you real quick this is for the video only subscribers yeah this is for the video only subscribers (coughs) but as you can see like this Yo. is a piece of driftwood that he yeah. carved and he sent me for Christmas. So for Christmas, I asked both of my parents to send me a piece of art that they created. And the other one, this is my mom's. This is a like Celtic spoon. Right on. That she carved. So you're telling me you both... don't use that for breakfast? No, this is for soup. I use this for soup. This okay. is for soup the night that um, me and my wife finally elope. <laughs> You're just gonna eat what kind of soup? What's gonna be in there? Old fashioned stew, you know, just broth, <laughs> that kind of thing. But they were both just mad artistic people. Um, my father plays the banjo, and that's where I picked that up. We always had musical instruments laying around the house, so I figured I might as well spend my time. I mean, I grew up Mormon, so like a lot of the stuff that I feel like other people had, like. Like, I wasn't allowed to watch TV and stuff like that. Like, well, I was allowed to watch TV, but not the TV that... It was like, I was watching, like, J.J. the Jet Plane when I was, like, five, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, PBS only. That type of thing, for some reason. So, but wait. Yeah. Does that mean you got to watch Wishbone? Wishbone was crazy. God, Wishbone <laughs> is so good. I, I haven't heard anyone bring up Wishbone in a long time. Yeah, me. Yeah, no. Me, I, I, had v- right I, had the, I had Wishbone on VHS, I'm pretty sure. God, right I on. fucking love Wishbone. I'm yeah, so Wishbone glad. was good. Um, 
Those those uh did you ever watch Read Between the Lions? You remember no, that one? No, I know the name, but I you can't picture one. anything about I do. it. I do. It, that one was uh, that one was a rarity. Cyber Chase? Yep. My uh my my babysitter for the longest time was my uh grandma and grandpa, and my grandma was a very religious woman. So See, we I was raised by my grandparents. PBS. Yeah, we yeah. watched a lot of PBS. So like my mom and dad, you know, they liked lots of stuff. My parents got me into horror, but uh, my grandma was not about it. And uh, so, read between the lines was a uh, a very common thing at uh, after school or you know whatever. Bible man, someone was just talking about Bible man on Yo, I, the other. Yo, I I have like I have very vivid memories of Bible man. Like I don't remember the plot, but I remember the costume. Exactly. Yeah, I remember the like vibe. A fever dream. Yeah, the vibe was crazy. Bible Man had a crazy fever dream vibe, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His costume now looks like someone just tried to make Robo. They they still make Bible Man. That's insane to me. They still make Bible Man, like that's real. Oh, Is that real? I thought you were stating it. Not yeah, asking. same. I'm saying I'm saying if you looked at the costume as an adult, it looks oh. like they took RoboCop and made it into a superhero. Gotcha. No, I was My like bad. I was concerned that they were still making Bible Man. I, that I was suppose the there's a chance. And it's beyond. Hold me. on. We got to backtrack. Be yeah, Jamie, look that up. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just imply that RoboCop's not a superhero already? Uh, I wrote a song about how no, RoboCop he's... was an analogy for Jesus one time. So, I mean, I, get, I think I get to say whatever I want. Super yeah, RoboCop fair. is a cop, so he's not a superhero. Well, you're not wrong. Um, Bible Man ran from 95 to 2010. Thanks for looking wow. that up. Yeah, and apparently there's also... Years of Bible Man. Is there a reboot coming? There's an animated series somehow. I don't know if it's the same thing or not. Oh, it says original release 1995 to present. So I wonder if the one guy just left. He's going to be a Doctor Strange 2. Holy shit. He's coming in. The multiverse. (laughs) They're bringing Bible Man into the MCU. I wish I understood half the things you just said to me. (laughs) I don't know what that means. No, my introduction to like... I guess more like... Of course, adult horror than, say, catching a scene from Seven was like, my uncle, I used to hang out with my uncle on weekends, just who knows why, and I remember watching The Devil's Rejects Mm -hmm. when I was, like, 11. How old are you? How old am I? How old do you think I am? You're saying Devil's Rejects when you're 11. You're giving me vibes of, like, 24. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, around there. I'm 26. That makes sense. Yeah. So like that and of course that's like that's like a hardcore movie, you know. Yeah. It, whether it's good or not is up for debate. <laughs> but that's a hardcore movie. And and I remember being like very obsessed with figuring out how they how they made the uh like the effects and things. Like I don't know about you guys, but like I watched Lord of the Rings a lot when I was a kid. Like that was a big a big deal, but I okay, feel like yeah. I watched the special features on the Lord of the Rings way more than I watched the movies. Yeah, because figuring out how it was how it was all put together was way more interesting to me than you know hobbits bumbling around. You know what I'm right. saying? Because it it has that grandiose thing. I mean, those movies are like I like them, but they're pretty boring to be honest with you. Like, yeah, not a lot happens. But uh, are you uh, making fun of Lord of the Rings in this podcast? I will. I'm look. <clears throat> I like Lord of the Rings. I love Lord of the Rings. I would say, you know, but 
those movies are long as hell and boring. <laughs> I am uh, contractually obligated to say the second one is good because that's how I lost my virginity. But otherwise, Ooh. they're bad. Crispy. That's a crispy take. <laughs> the Two Towers is good because sex. Yeah, that's why I'm contractually <laughs> obligated to say it's good. Peter Jackson would be down for that. I think he would. No, Peter Jackson, it's, it's crazy what he pulled off. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to talk about Lord of the Rings on the horror podcast, but yeah, no, that was nuts. Are they not the same kind of thing? Like, they're just two little guys trying not to get killed by evil? I mean, Peter Jackson made plenty of cool horror movies. Have you seen? <laughs> have you guys seen his movies? Have you guys seen... Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Bro. Dead Alive right now? Let's talk about it. Yeah, no, I love Dead Alive. goes crazy. That's, it's, that was a formative experience. My phone died. Oh, oh. Okay. oh, no. oh no. So we're losing the video portion. Audio only. Sorry, video subscribers. That's Sorry, right. video subscribers. My apologies. <laughs> One day and we I'm do got to figure show out. show off my, uh, my Len beach ball to all the video fans. Oh, man. There you go. <laughs> Who remembers Len besides your dad and you? <laughs> <laughs> what is Yo, Len? Dude. What is this? They were the band that did Steal My Sunshine. Exactly. Nobody knows what that is on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> it's yeah. fine. No, but, send me a link. I, I I can do that. Yeah, send um, me a link. The the front man of Len sent me like a care package because I told him when I was six I had a uh, I won a Len dad hat at my local Walmart like in a contest and asked if he still had any and he's like no but I've got a beach ball and then he sent me a package of like a bunch of stuff. Um, he sent me the album on picture disc. He sent me like fifty postcards, um, a roll of stickers, some balloons, a beach ball. A bottle opener magnet, and I think something else. I don't know. How, how did nice. you meet him? <laughs> yeah. Did you I just tweeted him. No, I just tweeted him. Oh, you him. tweeted? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. The power yeah, of the internet. Zach Butcher and Twitter go hand in hand, let me tell you. That's amazing. Yeah, no, Twitter's amazing. I've, uh, the past, for 2020, I did this little project where, like, every time I felt an amount of any any like minute amount of gratitude for something i tweeted about it oh yeah and that was that was i kind of wanted to try and do an artistic project that lasted over a certain amount of time yeah and i figured a year would be good enough and over that course um i feel like i feel like things have gotten a lot easier to appreciate, you know. That's nice. Yeah, that sounds really nice. And I and I yeah. figured like that would be that would be a good exercise for me, and plus like something a little bit more interesting to do. Yeah. Instead of like Zach Butcher tweeting about his balls all the time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I like tweeting about my balls. You've seen my personal Twitter, but I, I tried to use I tried to use Twitter in a way that like was therapeutic, and it worked. You can do it. Yeah, I'm gonna keep posting yeah. about my balls. I'm sorry, I can't do <laughs> I can't do the nice thing on Twitter. Uh, two years ago, I tried to do this thing. Uh, I took a vow of positivity for all of February because it's the shortest month. And uh, within two days, our mutual friend uh, Trenny made me tell him to go fuck himself because he said something to me that was so stupid I could not stay positive about it. And I've never done it since then. But the year prior to that, uh, all 28 days, I was nice and wonderful online. But that year, he ruined it for everybody else. That's a good exercise. Uh, yeah, it was fun until Trenton got involved in my life and then immediately ruined it. What happened? What was said? 
Uh, this is going to be one for the niche guys. Uh, so <laughs> there's a band called The Format, which is like a the project prior to Fund that the frontman was in. And uh, Trenton and I, I just said something about The Format, and Trenton was like, hey, man, Bleachers was better. And it just like absolutely sent me off the wrong path because no, no, they're not. Who was the frontman for Fun? Wasn't it Jack Antonoff? Isn't no, that? no, that's, that's Bleachers. That's the, that's the frontman of Bleachers. He played bass in Fun. Gotcha. The frontman of like uh, a... Fun is Nate Roos. Yeah. Jack Antonoff's like a music superman. He's know, like he a, does he's a, yeah, he's like a Rick Rubin guru producer yeah. guy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He knows how to make pop music, and he knows how to do it well. And that's why Bleachers is like only hits. Even if you don't like it, like it's catchy as hell. Yeah. Yeah, I love that second Bleachers record a lot, but anything else just is kind of like hit or miss. Don't know why. No, I, I I liked it for like three months, but it was because the girl I was dating really liked it, and then we broke up, and I was like, oh, this band's actually not for me. Oof. Hey, man, sometimes that's how you get into your favorite bands. Sure. That was no, not my, Bleachers. My personal Twitter is all negative. <laughs> Good. It's all negative. It's all hating Good. on movies. It's all hating on movies. <laughs> that's what we it's do. It's all here. hating on, like... It's all hating on movies because they make the worst ideas, and they every since since everything is now like one big corporate conglomerate run by Disney, like everything yeah. is terrible. <laughs> yeah, Zach Butcher's dad asked me to get the worst movie I've ever heard of in my entire life for him to watch. What uh, is it? Free Guy. Oh, 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 oh! I haven't seen Free Guy, but it looks really, really bad. Oh, it looks terrible. I didn't watch it. No, none of us did except for your dad. Yeah. I don't know. I you know like I like plenty of bad movies, and I mean my dad and I have our fair share of bad movies that we both. I mean, enjoy, you're literally but... wearing a Roger Rabbit shirt right now. Roger Rabbit, good, fantastic movie. <laughs> that movie's great, it's a fantastic movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to see if I could get something out of both of you. Yeah, movie. Yeah, rules. yeah. You can get fun with movie. what you can get. <laughs> Ooh, um, you had you did strike a nerve, but I think Osmosis <laughs> Jones is better. If I'm to be honest with you, Osmosis Jones is a fantastic movie. Uh, the upside of Who Framed Roger Rabbit is Jessica Rabbit. The the upside of Osmosis Jones is Bill Murray. So you know they're they're two different uh, two different parts of my body that I'm you know going nuts for. But well, I don't abide by two uh, D by two D, so that's fine. You can, go, you can keep you can have Jessica Rabbit all to yourself. See, she's I not will, even. No, that's not true. That's not true. Never mind. <laughs> Did you remember Lola Bunny exists? Nah, I re- uh, you you remember uh, Nani Lilo and Stitch from Nani from sure. Lilo and Stitch? Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's that's my that's my that's my cartoon crush. Let's go. That's right fair. on, right on. Hell yeah. yeah. Damn, it took twenty <laughs> minutes for Lola Bunny to get brought up on this podcast. <laughs> that's a that's a new record for Blade Brown. <laughs> so, well, Bob, right, um, Bob Hoskins. Uh, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Bob Hoskins, oh, like <laughs> man, no. Well, because another thing that I've that one of the first foundational movies that I ever saw was the Super Mario Brothers movie. Dude, yeah, that movie. I So I just told someone about this. I remember um, being so excited to see a Super Mario Brothers movie. Let's say I was nine for the yeah. story. And um, my mom and dad were like, uh, fine, whatever. So we went to Blockbuster, and um, I rented it. And there used to be this thing where Blockbuster had a receipt where it would say, you know, you rented this movie for, I don't know, $4. Uh, you could buy this movie for X. And they were like, you rented the Super Mario Brothers movie for $4. You could buy this movie for $1.50. You saved, and then it showed the negative amount. And my dad was so pissed. He was like, I rented this movie for more than it costs. 
He was Whoa. like, what the fuck? And then we watched Whoa. it, and he was just like, yep, this movie still sucks. See, I love that movie. I have not seen that new, like, fan super edit that just recently came out. I haven't either. Do you know okay. about the Twitter account that's, like, all about saving that movie? I did not, no. I'm a, um, my parents' first date was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and Ed Incredible. Solomon was related to, he, he wrote part of the, um, part of the, the Super Mario Brothers movie. So, like, technically I have to support it because it put me here, but, uh, I don't know if I want to see anything related to another Super Mario Brothers movie. You heard about the animated one they're doing, right? Yeah, uh, Charlie Day and Chris, what's his name? Chris Pratt. Yeah. Everybody hates Chris because he sucks. Yeah, it sounds like shit. I'm still going to watch it. The dude just, I don't know. I don't know what's Oh, I'm totally going to watch it. I hope they throw an homage (laughs) to the original in there because that movie is bonkers, incredible. Everyone should watch it. Well, they could just put John Leguizimo in it and I would be fine. (laughs) Leguizimo? How do you say it? Leguizamo. Sure, okay. Leguizimo? Leguizimo? Okay. Yeah, it sounds like know. an Italian vampire. He looks like an Italian vampire. Dude, I would love to see him play Dracula, actually. That would be pretty good. <laughs> he would look great. Yeah, I know. He would look great. The pest himself, dude. He'd be he'd be killer. Mr. Violator, he'd be awesome. <sighs> so moving Those are born. the only three roles I can think of. Sid from Ice Age. Oh, there you go. That's a deep cut. Is that a deep that cut? Is. is that him? Yeah, I, messed up um (laughs) i'm sorry so when did you start doing art um we talked about your parents and like how it was an inspiration but when did you start well my first experience with like well when i was a kid i used to i used to read a lot and i used to write stories that sort of thing i started off when i was a kid i was like oh i want to be a storyteller and i was like well that doesn't it's not gonna make any money you know you're not gonna make any money selling stories but uh, I started playing the cello when I was in sixth grade, and that was my first experiment, uh, first experience using, like, learning any type of instrument. Mm-hmm. And um, cello was nice, but the cello I had at home to practice on was, like, faulty, and the end pin would always fall out and slam me in my collarbone. Ooh. So I was like, yeah, it was really brutal. It was not that cool. And I was like, well, let me, I'm not going to do this anymore because this hurts too much. So I started yeah. playing guitar because we had a guitar. So I started playing guitar, and then I started playing bass, and I taught myself over years, and then I picked up the banjo, and now I'm at a place where, like, I'm extremely proficient in guitar, bass, I'm learning banjo, I am not a percussionist at all, but anything with strings, I can pick it up and write just about whatever with it. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky enough to be uh, versatile as far as instruments go I think that's really good um I, that sounded kind of stupid I'm sorry I just I'm I'm happy to hear that like you enjoyed it to such a degree that you kept going but not even just like oh I'm going to keep playing guitar forever but being like oh I'm going to try bass now oh I'm going to try banjo now you know like Well once once you have an understanding of one it's like it applies you it you can apply that understanding to the next instrument you know? I I agree, but I've met people who are just like, well, I learned how to play guitar. Why would I play something else? And I'm like, because it's fun. Like, what yeah, do you mean? no, it's fun. <laughs> like, it, it, I look. If you want to dedicate your entire life to the mastery 
of one specific instrument, that's rad. You know, yeah. do that. But I got, I you know, you get, I, 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 I lose interest. You know, absolutely. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, okay, I've done this for a while. I know I can, if whatever, if, say, if I'm writing a song, like I can do whatever I need to on this instrument to get w- what's in my head out. I can do that. Right. You know, I know how to do that with this for what I need with my purposes. You know, mastery is like, that's awesome, but it's not integral to like creation at all. Yeah. It's, it's, they're, they're two different, two different places. I think like two different, two different branches of, of, uh, like creativity like that. So when did you, um, when did you decide to, I guess in a loose way, continue with the storytelling thing and do the the different Twitter approaches. What was the question? <laughs> sure. Um, so you said that <clears throat> you, when you were younger, you wanted to do storytelling and then you decided to back away from it. But then, like, you've got multiple uh, Twitter personalities, if you will. Uh, so when did you decide to start doing that? Um, just because, like, you need an outlet, right? Like, mm-hmm. so the 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 Dale Hollow Twitter is funny just because, like, fuck. What? All right, twenty five minutes. God, twenty five minutes until Dale. Is that how we? Uh, a, I was bet? trying to make get through this episode without mentioning a single thing about Dale Hollow. Why? <laughs> just because I thought it'd be funny because that's why we know each other. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no, just Dale's trying. cool. We love Dale. Dale's cool. Yeah. No, no, no Dale's absolutely. awesome. Dale just followed my personal the other day, and I feel really bad. I'm curious what? as to how long it's going to last. Well, because, like, Dale follows Griphook, and that means a lot. You know, like, I put a lot yeah. of effort into Griphook, and I'm a huge Dale fan. So, like, it means a lot that he he appreciates, even to any degree, like, the kind of music that I make. But the, enough that he's going to follow it, like, I think that's great. But then, like, my personal, I'm just like, come on, man. Like, I don't, I don't want Dale Hollow to read my tweets about sucking my girl's toes. Like, what? I, I don't know. I just I when I, when I talk to Dale, he like presents himself as like a very nice Southern man, and he's like never cursed in the world. And I'm just like, yo, just fucking Becca's mouth on a Sunday morning. And I'm just Oof. like, Dale Hollow's gonna see this. <laughs> like, I don't want Dale Hollow to see this. I, but I, I, at the I, same I feel time, like, I, don't I feel like Dale change. Hollow is like, an adult. <laughs> I feel like Dale Hollow I, is an adult, and can, and you know, I yeah. feel like he he understands. You know, yeah. So I'm sorry, I cut you off. Well, Blade cut you off because he yelled. But please continue with your thing. No, that was that was just an off the cuff thing that like just I, it, he tweeted about something about somebody making an account. And I was like, that'd be kind of funny. So yeah. I did, and then he it was like you you can only post up dog was the requirements. So nice. that kind of, and then I just kind of like started tweeting like Dale Hollow memes and shit mm-hmm. like. So yeah, that's that, that's just kind of fun. I like that. I like his music. I like the I like the people that like his music. I tend to. I'm like, I I found him through going through who Orville Peck followed on Twitter. That's awesome. And this and it, Dale had like less than a hundred followers at the time, and I listened to it, and I was like, this is pretty good, you know. Yeah. And then he released some more stuff, and I was like, damn, this is really good, you know. So I was lucky enough to see him open for Orville. I'm pretty sure you did too, right? Yes, we we went to the Pittsburgh show. Not Blade. Blade Blade lives in Detroit, and I live in Akron, so we're like three hours apart. But I went to the Pittsburgh show with uh, my uncle and two of my best friends, and uh, 
we pretty much all went for Dale. Um, we'd already seen Orville, and, you know, I'm a huge Orville fan, but we were like, we get to see Dale, so we're yeah. going. And uh, that was, you know, like, that was the driving factor. My uncle and I bought tickets, and we were going to go to Pittsburgh, because that was the closest OP show, and then Dale announced that he was on the tour, and two of my other friends were like, yeah, we just bought tickets, like, we got to fucking see Dale. And yeah, it was got- just, you know, that was it. Yeah. I, uh... I, I ended up talking to, to Dale. I did a favor for him. Well, I, I brought something to his attention. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, thanks. Well, you know, I owe you one. And I was like, you want to like hit, hit me with a hit me with a follow on Twitter? And he was like, word, no problem. You know, I did another an, another thing happened. And I was like, well, let me get a let me get lifetime guest list, you know, to your shows, you know, for <laughs> it was a big ask. You know, it was a yeah. really big ask. Yeah. I mean, I figured I'd figured I'd throw it out there. And he uh, he was he said all right so uh, I I I wasn't gonna see Orville because I didn't where I'm at right now I don't have a car yeah anymore unfortunately but he was coming to New Haven with Orville and I was like hey uh, when you get a ticket I'll find a way to get up there and he was like, so kind so leave me some tickets so I was able to take me and my girlfriend up to New Haven I borrowed my boss's car that which rules. was like. It, it it was rickety as shit and like <laughs> it handled like a boat. You ever? It's like you you, you go oh, yeah. to, with one way or another and the and the the back of the car would sway. Yeah, it was terrifying. But it was <laughs> it was awesome. It was amazing. It was really cool. That's that's wonderful. We uh we have been in constant talks for him to play Akron and Akron's got a huge DIY scene and so I was like I really hope that's okay. And my dad and I were talking and he was like, look, he's like you know, I don't want to like dad you right now but make sure that he knows that he might not make a lot of money or you know like you don't want to bring him to town and he's like okay we played that'll be you know four hundred dollars and mm-hmm. i was like oh shit that's a great point and i said something to dale about it and he was like why would i it's diy he was like you know it, it, it is what it is like i know exactly what i'm getting into and uh this is how it works and i was like gosh like that's so fucking nice and then my dad was like will you tell him that uh my mom, my, my mom, my dad said, you tell him that uh, your mom will make him and anyone in the band like a home-cooked meal. And Dale was like, we'll absolutely take you up on that. And I was like, hot damn, like just what a fella, you know? Yeah, like, no, he's a sweet guy. Every, I've, yeah. every interaction I've ever had with him has been has been extremely positive and wonderful, and I'm really grateful that he's as kind as he is. Yeah, he's yeah. a really wonderful guy, and I, uh, I was blind drunk when we did that podcast because I timed it wrong in my day. Uh, I thought I'd be sober by then, and then uh, Zach was like, "Hey, Dale Hollow's ready," and I was like, "Oh fuck, oh man, <laughs> like I'm drunk." So uh, the entire time I was just like live tweeting about how nice this fucking guy is, and uh, it was awesome. It was a really nice experience, and like I don't think it's a bit. I don't think he's doing a bit. Like I think no. that's just no, genuinely who he is. Oh yeah, totally. Of, of course. We, I, think he, we, I think that's who he is too, hundred percent. Blade, you're gonna have to cut this part out. So no, you're ready. hold on. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me stop recording. We're back. When we when we met Dale in Pittsburgh, we uh, we were waiting around inside the venue, and then there was like everyone was setting up. And we're like, oh fuck, okay. And I had tweeted him and was like, hey, you know, like I just wanted to say hi in person, and I hadn't heard back, and I was like, well, I guess let's do the old school thing. We'll go out back and we'll wait by the van. And there was Dale talking to a bunch of fans. And then um, my uncle, uh, he was there, and he was like, hey, Dale, you know, you told me on Twitter that you were going to tell me about uh, 
you were going to tell me about what was going on with this new stimulus check and what's going on, you know, like we never heard anything on stage. And then Dale was like, well, I'll get on the phone with Joe Biden, but uh, I think that... Uh, I think that what it is is just the people in the elite. So, buddy, you might just not be in the elite. And then my uncle was like, well, I've got Zach Butcher here. And Dale tipped his sunglasses and said, Zach Butcher, I'll be right back. And then three minutes later, he came up to me, shook my hand, and was just like, it's a pleasure to finally meet you. I'm a big fan. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, <laughs> I was just like... Like, you know, we've talked on the internet, like, we had talked via DMs, like, you know, I always promoted him online, I did a text interview with him, with the original iteration of Bebop, but I didn't anticipate that he was gonna, like, remember my name, you know? And that southern hospitality just kicked in, and Homeboy's just like, it's so nice to meet you. Who are your friends? Introduced me to everyone. He took a picture with us, he, w he remembered something we had talked about, like, three months prior, and I was just like, what is this? Like... This is the nicest dude in the world. And I'm texting Becca, my fiance, and I'm just like, I just met Dale Hollow, and he knew me by name and was excited to meet me. What the fuck's going on? And Becca was like, I'm really happy for you. That's nice. And I get <laughs> home, and Becca's like, did you have fun meeting your boyfriend? And I was like, yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, no, he was, he, when, when we met him at the New Haven show, it was really nice. He was super kind and talked to us for a minute. He was in a big hurry running back and forth, so, I mean, we well, that's what. Yeah, long, like, we but... felt bad, because, like, there's people that are just like, can you introduce yeah, us to I'm Orville not trying to hold Peck? Any, I'm, yeah, no, I'm not trying to hold anybody up for that. I don't want to meet Orville Peck. Pony is cool. We, we saw him uh, on his second tour. His first tour, he played Mahal's, which is like a 200 cap venue his second tour he played uh he played the grog shop which is like a 500 cap venue and then this third time we saw him you know it was well after everything and the second time uh was when i went and i met him and he was really nice he took a picture with my uncle and i and uh he answered a couple questions you know he was very kind i think he gave me a hug and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then, you know, like, we're standing around after we met Dale. And everyone was like, well, what do we do now? And three out of the four of us had already met him. And we're just like, oh, okay, we can go home. Like, whatever. Yeah. yeah no, I, I, uh, I like Horrible Peck a lot. That album's, that album is absolutely terrific. You know, mm -hmm. that's, that's one of my favorite, one of my favorite debut albums from just about fucking anybody, I think. It's a great yeah. album. I, uh. I, I like both of the releases. Um, as my uncle put it, he was like, Pony and Show Pony is essentially just one album. He was like, you know, I want I want like a 15-track album instead of a 10-track and then a 5-track EP. And well, Show like, Pony sure, totally okay. sounds like B-Sides to me. Like, it, it does. B-Sides you know? with like a couple <laughs> things. Because like, I mean, I, I think Summertime was supposed to, was originally going to be on Pony, but like, it didn't, it has a different vibe than Pony does. Because like, to me, Pony is kind of like, if David Lynch directed Brokeback Mountain. I think it's great that you said that because my mom introduced me to Orville Peck. My mom was like, hey, there's a there's like a cool radio station in Ohio called The Summit. And um, my mom was like, you know, I just heard this guy on The Summit. It sounds like if Roy Orbison released a song for David Lynch, but he wore a luchador mask. And I'm reading this and I'm like, what the fuck does this mean? So I put it on and I was immediately hooked. Yeah, and it's so definitely... I, I love that there's a similar concept to someone else. No, yeah, totally. I mean, music to me, just because, like, I watch so many movies and I'm so cinematically minded, like, that's my favorite medium, I think, is film. Yeah, yeah. So, music to me, like, if it conjures images, 
all the better, you know. Right. And it 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 reminds me of like uh like cowboy what was it, Antonio Badalamenti, you know. Yeah. Like <laughs> th- th- it's that it's that vibe. It's like if Twin Peaks was a western almost. That's kind of how it feels. Yeah. And for absolutely. it to contain that vibe throughout the entirety of the album is like yeah, that's incredible. That's mastery, you know. That's yeah. great. I I remember like reading like big reviews like let's say pitchfork and they were just like oh it's like a a country shoegaze album and i was like i guess that's one way to put it sure you know but to me it was so much better to be like it's weirdo jazz but country you know like it is angelo badalamenti's country concept in my yeah opinion. that's 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 what it feels like yeah but now now he's off to bigger and better things and i think we're gonna get a a wholly more commercial experience from orville peck this next time yeah around. i I think the Pittsburgh show was like 25 or 30 bucks. Um, but like, you know, when we saw him in, when we saw him in Cleveland, I think it was like 18. So I'm like, okay, you know, seven to $10 more, whatever. But like, I had to spend like $25 on show pony vinyl. And I was like, hot damn. <laughs> like, yeah, homeboy's really hitting the big time. <laughs> yeah. That's funny watching artists, like, following artists and seeing them play bigger and bigger venues as they go yeah. along in their career. Like, when I was in high school, I was really into Odd Future. So sure, yeah. I went, yeah, I went to, like, Tyler the Creator concerts and stuff as far back as, like, 2011. And in the beginning, it was, you know, it was, like, 15, 20 bucks to get in. And it was, like, a lot of people. And as he, as he went on, like, I saw him every release, every album cycle release and, like, more and more people more and more money until yeah. I'm finally like at an outdoor amphitheater with like th- thousands of people just right. to see him. And it's just, yeah. I, there's three shows that I vividly remember like regretting not going to. Um, one was the 10 year anniversary of the postal service. My, my friend and I, we were going to go. Um, it's the dude that does all the artwork for Grip Hook. We've been yeah. friends for like 11 years. But uh, Luke and I were going to go, and he had just gotten his driver's license. And we're like, well, they just announced a tour. Like, it's in Columbus. That's like two hours. We'll just wait until they do a Cleveland show because it's only 45 minutes. That never fucking happened, obviously. Um, yeah. The Vampire Weekend had just broke. You know, like the Target commercial had happened or whatever. And... Uh, <laughs> Phoenix, uh, Phoenix was touring with them and it was Luke and I again. And we're like, yeah, but it's at the house of blues. Like we fucking hate that venue. We'll just wait until the next time. And then vampire weekend got so big that they just stopped touring. Phoenix went back into like hibernation in France or whatever it is they do. And then like, I was just like, fuck, we're idiots. And then the third show, Luke had just gotten his temps. Um, I didn't start driving officially till I was 18. So Luke was the one that was doing all of our driving. Um, and it was odd future at the house of blues and it was $20 and we're just like, uh, maybe next time. And then odd future, you know, they got signed to like adult swim, everything happened. And we're just like, we really fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. No, seeing them early was absolutely nuts. Like, like for example, hearing about like the Astro world situation. Yeah. Like that's what that felt like, you know. That was like a little tiny little astro world in a room. Right. Whenever, Odd, yeah. whenever I saw Odd Future or like Tyler, like it, like a wave of bodies and just like it was amazing. It was beautiful. Yeah, I I've gone to a few rap shows and for the most part they've sucked. I saw Kid Cudi and it was really bad. 
I saw oh, I'm Wu-Tang sure. Clan and it was awful. Um, yeah. And I've seen a couple others and it was like, like I think most of them I saw were at like Riot Fest. So it was just kind of like whatever or like Warp Tour. So it was just really not my jam. But um, like just the amount of people where it was like a combination of punk kids that got it or kids that like, not to dunk on them, but like they didn't understand like how it worked. And yeah. like kind of like what you said with Astroworld, you know, like these kids are just nine times out of ten, like they're rich white kids that don't understand what's happening and then yeah they don't understand concert etiquette yeah they're they're just causing harm and yeah the dude i used to play in the doom band before grip hook and the dude that played bass he's i don't know like four or five years older than me and he's like i remember seeing haji play like the grog shop for like 15 dollars, and he's like i watched kids just beat the fuck out of each other and they just thought that that's what they were supposed to do but like not like in a fun punk way like they just thought they were supposed to draw blood. And I was like, oh my god. Like, that just sounds awful. Yeah, she was pretty, she was pretty hardcore. <sighs> Damn. Alright, so now that we've gotten lost, I'm sorry. Um, when did, uh, when did, like, art and horror kind of connect for you? Like, when, when were you able to make the connection, either with your own art, or just, like, with the like the cinematic idea even, you know, if it never connected in your own personal art. Well, I don't think I've ever like, I've, I've, do you know about cell text? Did you know that you can write screenplays on your phone now? Is this a I, fucking sponsored? This is sponsored. This is sponsored. This is a sponsor. <laughs> you got to get cell text on here. So, um, I've, I've written, I've written a few drafts of this script. That's, um, if you... just shoot it for us, just pitch. Go on. Okay. Go on. Give us a pitch. Okay. This is the pitch. This is the pitch. What's that guy's name? And uh, the guy. This is in Ohio. This is in Cleveland. The crazy guy who kept those ladies locked up in his house. Yeah. Yeah. In Cleveland, in Columbus. I think of his Antonio right. Banderas. No, shut the no, fuck it, up. No, that's um, his name. That's something. His name was like that. Uh, Ariel Castro. That was his that, name. That sounds right. Yeah, he Ariel was Castro. Even... You think Ariel so Pink just... did this? <laughs> no, it, I, oh, let's not, not cutting him off, please. <laughs> okay, so I was just, I was on YouTube one day and I saw something about that and I was like, that was that's that's like that's like the scariest thing I think. Yeah. It's just some like random nasty little teddy bear dude kidnapping people and holding right. them. So I've, I've, I have a friend who's a very unique looking individual. Mm. And when I was, when I was like, I had to have been around like 22. He said something about like wearing a diaper and I just envisioned him in a diaper. So the story is, there's there's been an abduction situation you know this lady has been kept in this house for a while a child has been born you know right he's not he's not nonverbal. he chooses not to talk you know he's he's in a diaper all the time and it's about him escaping and so i've written this short film it's about 15 minutes i have a few drafts of it the goal is to make it within the next couple years i've got a location i've got i just i just need to you know fix the location up to make it look like it's hoarded and then it's then we're good then i can shoot the whole thing in there and uh i've always wanted to make a horror a horror film specifically 
Like, I don't really care if I... I just want to make, like, a horror short, and then I'll be happy, you know, just to try filmmaking one time. And I'm getting really close to being able to do it. And it's going to happen, hopefully, if not the latter half of this year, the beginning of next year. <clears throat> hey, let us fucking know about it, dude. We'll shoot that shit all over our podcast network. Yeah. And hey, if you want to come back and promote it while you're doing it, let us know. That shit rules. Yeah, it's gonna. It's it's I. It doesn't. It's not gonna cost any money. I'm excited. I we I've 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 got everything down. I figured it out, and I can do it. It's always nice to know that you have a project coming that you can afford and do without hurting yourself. Because some yep. people like to uh, choose the most expensive and punishing way to do a cassette tape, and then we have to figure that out. Yeah, no, that's that's. You have to work within your budget, and if your budget's zero, it's kind of uh, easy to know what you can and can't do. Hey, man, we worked within our budget, so like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I've been staring at Butcher dead-eyed when I said that. <laughs> we made it happen. Barely. I don't even um, have one. Where is it? Yeah, I forgot to ship it the other night, which is even funnier. You weren't on the list of, like, uh, recipients, and so we shipped everything, and Becca's like, are we done? I'm like, oh yeah, we're good. And then I woke up the next day, and I was like, I didn't ship blades. You fucking piece of shit. I gotta, I gotta send yours tonight. You um, send me, like, you got, like, five things to send me. I know, I know. I've got everything, like, in a box, but it's just, you weren't on the list, so I wasn't, <laughs> you know, I wasn't thinking about it. I'm sorry. Anyway, um... <sighs> Gavin, what is your, what's your, like, earliest memory of music? Like, we, we found that a lot of people that like punk and a lot of people that like horror, or I'm sorry, a lot of people that like horror and a lot of people that do this podcast are very into punk, or they were into punk. Like, it's it's always been a crossover. So, do you, are you in that world? Well, I mean, I was, outlier? I was raised by boomers, so a lot of my first music experience was like the oldies station and <laughs> uh like Celtic folk music. Like okay. River Dance. Do you remember River yeah. Dance? Yeah. Like a lot of that kind of stuff. Um my the first C D I ever had, my mom my mom was in and out of my life. But when she first kind of showed up in my life, I was like seven years old and she gave me a CD player and like every system of a down CD, nice. So that was my old my my initial intro to like heavy music was System yeah. of a Down, and I still I still think nostalgia or whatever. I love System of a Down. They're like my favorite heavy they're, band ever. They're a fun band, yeah. I don't like their I, last two albums, but I still like them as a band. Their, their last two albums have some real stinkers on them. They really yeah. do. They got some yeah. bad some bad <clears> stuff. But what do we count as our last two albums? Hypnotized and mesmerized. Oh, they're good. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> All right. That's well, I like them. I like old school Hollywood. That track sucks. I like in my brain. I was like, did I miss two system albums that just weren't good? Did I block <laughs> them out of trauma? And no, no you those guys just two singles two they released albums. last year are good. <laughs> I haven't heard them. I didn't even know that was a thing. No, it was really good. Yeah, I, they're they, good. Yeah, the the two most recent songs are really good. I hope that they come out with something else. System of Down's great. It's it's amazing to me that Toxicity is a pre nine eleven album, right? Yeah, um, that was that was always like what was so weird to me was that like them and like you always hear people like it's normally like just like 
old people memes at this point, you know, but like it was that joke on Chappelle show where people were just like, oh man, Tupac was, you know, so prolific. He was, he was before all the times and like these lyrics, blah, blah, blah. But like System of a Down were on a similar wave, you know, like yeah. you, you can look now at Dead Kennedy songs and you're like, I don't understand what two thirds of these are, but, uh, you know, Nazi punks fuck off police truck, you know, like some of these still make sense and System yeah. of a Down, it's the same thing. Like. Spiderwebs is a great song, but it might not mean anything to you lyrically. But then you can look at some of the shit, and you're like, "Yeah, this is a uh, this is very of its time still." Yeah, do you consider them new metal? I do, but they're like I. So I'm a big new metal hater. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, as you should be. It was a terrible generation. <laughs> it was horrible. I'm, as somebody who owns four different fucking Limp Biscuit shirts, fuck you yeah. guys. Oh yeah, God. I was gonna say Blade and I are a little bit older than you, but Blade and I are very different on this wave. Uh, I fucking love I, new metal. <laughs> I was born in '95, and I was like, I lucked out. My parents like really cool music, uh, but like. I remember my mom making fun of me for liking Limp Biscuit. When I was 10, we moved to Chicago, and the kid that was my best friend was this very sweet uh, Latino kid named Joe, and uh, his favorite things were John Cena and Limp Biscuit. So I was like, well, I guess I'm going to try wrestling and new metal. And within like three months, I was just like, yeah, Limp Biscuit sucks. But System of a Down fucking ruled. Like, I've always been a System of a Down fan. But, like, yeah. I completely missed Slipknot. I completely missed, like, Corn, Even, like, the butt rock stuff that came after, like, Disturbed. Like, I missed all of that shit. You're lucky. I've never heard a Deftones song. <laughs> and I, I don't, don't really yeah, want I, to. I, I've never heard a Deftones song either. <laughs> I've also never of, heard uh, a Deftones song. I've, I've heard plenty of Disturbed, though. I remember mm-hmm. when I was... I didn't have internet in my house until I was, like, 15. So... Oh, man. Yeah, no, it's that ridiculous. Sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Um, so, like... When I was, what when how was it? I was when I was like twelve, thirteen. I would like have a ra- I had a radio in my room, right? And Hell the rock yeah. station yeah. would play, you know, Disturbed and like all like all the all nineties Stone Temple Pilots that kind of stuff. Right. So thank God for that. But I did have a phase where I was like, man, you know, I was like I was like listening to Limp Bizkit, like break stuff, <laughs> going into school so mad, yeah, so mad, you know, it was great. Love Limp Most Bizkit. of. Most of my music stuff, I'm not very embarrassed of. But when I was 10, it was great because 10's when I found out what punk was. But 10's also when I was like, like I said, I tried Limp Biscuit out. I tried out wrestling. Uh, I also tried out uh, Insane Clown Posse. And it's just like, I would love to never look at most of the time of being 10 again. <laughs> yeah, Juggalos are crazy. Juggalos are, juggle- I, love, I love that subculture. I think it's hey. so funny. Blade Brown is, uh, <laughs> he is absolutely a juggalo. He is Detroit's finest. Um, yeah. But, like, Blade and I have always been able to just <laughs> see past him being a huge nerd. <laughs> I'm literally looking at a Fago root beer candle on my dresser right now. Incredible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was listening to Juggalo shit before we recorded this podcast, and Butcher called me. <laughs> also, to uh, touch on the last little bit of the subject of new Metal. Everybody should go listen to that fucking first Kitty record after this podcast. It is so good. The first oh, yeah, Kitty record yeah. is insane. I, was Kitty even like cool twenty five years no. ago, or was it just like they no. got cool 
like now you retrospectively know? they're cool yeah like i remember seeing like they played maybe like the john stewart show you know like someone that would have played like weird bands in the 90s but it was just i was like was it just like they lucked out like they had one radio hit i found out about kitty through my ex-girlfriend's mom who was like <laughs> very into that's like of the time she was into all that shit she like was seeing dope and kitty when they were playing on their like actual first tours and shit and uh also, fun fact, her mom was a Juggalo as well, and she took us to all the Juggalo events when we were younger. It was awesome. Uh, I'm hopefully hanging out with her today, not her mom, the daughter. I'm hanging out with the daughter today <laughs> after this, because that shit rules. Uh, she showed me Kitty, and my mind was, like, blown away, because, like, I didn't know I've cool never heard like of that this existed. band, and I'm looking at pictures of them on Google. They look right. very as you think. Yeah. They look... <laughs> They They're an all like, female band, right? Yes, they are. Yeah, they okay. look like the emo pussycat dolls. They're yeah. uh, like if the Hex Girls were a real band. That's Kitty. Uh, they rule. Uh, they Kitty's look rad. so good. Um, that's all I got. Please listen to Kitty in that first Limp Bizkit record, Three Dollar Bill, y'all. Very good. Uh, would recommend it to anybody. As a uh, as a edge kid, I'm very embarrassed that Fred Durst used to be straight edge. Uh, he's just a silly guy. Fred Durst, you just gotta look at him like he's just a guy. Did you see his movie? No. No. It's a fucking no. movie? Yeah. It's with, you uh, didn't John see Travolta. his movie? No. It, it's a it, horror movie. Yeah. It did so bad that, like, it, uh, they looked at numbers, and it played in theaters, and it was basically just, like, it sold one ticket a day for a week. Like, it was that bad. Yeah, it's called The Fanatic. It's incredible. <laughs> it's, uh, man... Oh, Travolta! You got to see it. You got to see it. Travolta, Travolta murders the performance. He's like, he's like halfway between like Forrest Gump and Rain Man. <laughs> I think and nobody's ever said those words in the entire history of talking. What do you mean? Travolta killed it. That's a new sentence. Yeah, he killed it. He murdered that role, as in like he mur- he it, that you have to see the movie. Uh, I don't think I will, but it's a fun thing you to put to on the show. The oh Fred goodness. Durst directed it. You have four Limp Bizkit shirts. I That's do. Right. Yeah. That is... Actually, I need more. Uh, yeah, I wasn't do you like horror movies? I think I'm a casual fan. Uh, the Michael Myers guy does some good work. Oh my goodness. You like Halloween? Uh, only three, actually. That's the caveat for me. I only like Halloween 3. That's pretty good. Halloween 3 is good. I'm a big Halloween 3 fan. Big fan of Me Rob too. Zombie's Halloween as well. Shut the fuck Me up. Me too. I like that <laughs> good movie. Oh, yeah, it's good. It's yeah, good. for real. It's very good. It's good. It has a good vibe to it. I live in a trailer. How could I not like it? Yeah. At least Rob Zombie is good at doing crusty. Like, because <laughs> he is. Yeah. That dude yeah, is he is exactly. That's what I'm saying. And <laughs> did you see Sherry Moon Zombie supporting the Canadian truckers? No, absolutely not. Oh. Embarrassing. Yeah, she has a big Canadian flag up on her Instagram right now. Ugh. Oh my goodness. Also, again on the new metal tip, everybody listen to that first Rob Zombie record. Fucking rips. Oh my god. I love White Zombie. So I love White Zombie, and I love White Zombie is at least like listenable. I I've made this Zombie. joke. White Zombie is my favorite thing to, like, drive irresponsibly to. <laughs> I've made this joke for a while, but I'm just, like, I'm afraid to actively listen to White Zombie because I might love it. Like, no, I'm it's just kinda, great. I'm it just kicks ass. like, yeah, it's not bad. You know, like, that's the only thing. I'm just like, it doesn't suck. Like, I just, I don't want to become a White Zombie fan. 
I think you can listen. You can you can you can listen to music. It's okay to listen to music. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I just, yeah. I don't know. Just I, do it. Just do it. <laughs> listen to listen to Nutrimilk Hotel. No, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. I want to cut that from the podcast after this. You can cut it. You can cut plenty of stuff from this. <laughs> <laughs> you can cut as much as you want from this podcast. No, listen to it. You should. We're not. Nobody wants to fuck Anne Frank in this room. We're not Me listening neither. to Milk Hotel. Yo, that tweet that said that was like Nutramilk Hotel is Bob Dylan for people whose Vietnam War is not having a girlfriend. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's like, true. That was the fu- that was the f- it's it's right on the mark. It hits the nail right on the head. It's so the good. Kind of the best it. tweet ever. I don't like to expose myself to the audience of them knowing that I'm an emo fucking nerd and I hate Nutramilk Hotel. They're just so at the end of every podcast you promote your own Twitter. How how are they not gonna know? Nobody ever checks that shit. They tune okay. out as soon as the guest wraps up. Okay. okay. Yeah. Nobody's ever looked at our personals after this and been like, "Huh, funny guys." Nothing. That never happens. Uh, also, to segue in of all the terrible shit we've been talking about for ten minutes, uh, what's the worst movie you've ever seen? The worst movie I've ever seen. What's the what? <laughs> yeah, the fanatic. No, the fin- I watched a really bad movie the other day called The Resort, but I don't know if that was the worst movie I've ever seen. Is that, um, does that have, uh, <laughs> what's his name from It's Always Sunny in it? No, no, no. This is like a, it was like a horrible. Um, it's like a D movie. Like Jamie Foxx's photographer wrote and directed it, and oh. shot it at this crappy hotel that was abandoned off the coast of Hawaii. And he wrote like a whole story based on the location. So you know it's already gonna suck. And yeah. and they they shot it. And he's like a drone operator. And it's 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 on Hulu. It's terrible. It's the resort. But it's not the worst okay. movie I've ever seen. Maybe don't look up. <laughs> <laughs> don't look up was pretty bad um, i haven't watched it yet i've only heard bad oh, things God, so and it bad. sucks because i love anchorman i've never seen it I look seen i it. i like adam mckay for i like i love talladega nights love that movie great movie right? yeah great movie one of the best of the one of the best 2000 comedies for sure um what give me an example like what like like bad that's because there's like so bad that it's good and then like uh, just bad so our Butcher. our thing is always like basically just it's so bad that like you didn't find anything redeeming about it you know like it's it's uh, not even just like oh so bad it's funny because those could be some of your favorite movies like Halloween three is a total train wreck but Blade and I both love Halloween three. What so, was that uh, Joe Bob movie they showed and at the end it was like you've just experienced oh things uh, the movie's things. called things yeah that yeah. movie's one of those that's that... like an 80s shot on video uh, it's like a weird era for horror yeah that movie's awful same with pieces oh. like okay, pieces no, and I... things would be a good good movie for this I got it um it's I think it was from like 2011 it's called the apparition Ooh, I've never heard of seen it. Go on. The apparition. No. Yeah, I saw normally, it in theaters. Normally, we know what the guest is like, telling us is bad. But yeah, this is new. No, the apparition is absolutely. 2012. Can you give us a rundown of what it's about? <laughs> um, there's a ghost, and there's like a lot of shots of New Mexico. <laughs> there's a and, ghost uh, in the apparition, and Draco Malfoy is in it. Dude, this movie has Ashley Green. Tom Felton and Sebastian Stan in it. Becca will love this fucking movie. <laughs> no, this movie, this movie is a hundred percent like the most garbage trash I've ever seen in my entire life. But I'm a huge and Twilight I saw this fan, in theaters with my friend. And Becca has like three Harry Potter tattoos. Is, like, 
Is Ashley Green the one with the with the That's, with the, she plays with the bob with the haircut? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She She's plays got Alice. the haircut. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, that this movie is is horrible. It has a rotten and tomato I don't score of three percent. That rules. This this movie is irredeemably. I think we found what we're doing tonight, actually, Zach. Yeah. Hot damn. Okay, so you saw this in theaters. I saw yeah, I saw this in theaters in 2012. Why? Uh, <laughs> me Does and it my have buddies a good were trailer? like, um, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. But it was like the only thing. When did it come out? Hold on, let me. I'm on the IMDb page. Let me see yeah. when it came out. No, like, I'm understanding his position, because I saw The Conjuring in theaters three times, and I didn't like it. I saw it three times, and I didn't like it. Yeah, there's a couple movies where, like, I've had friends ask me to go see it, and so I did. Like, I'm pretty sure I saw The Nurse in theaters. Um, I saw one of The Conjuring movies in theaters. The one where they're in England, I saw that one. Um, I've seen a couple other really dumb movies. The guy that dir- wrote and directed this movie did the visual effects for From Dust Till Dawn. That's awesome. Oh, that rules. That movie, it makes it a good movie. <laughs> no, this movie's really bad. It's got he lineage going back. Slash. <laughs> it's got lineage with From Dust Till Dawn. That movie's great then. That's right. No, the apparition is pretty bad. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, trying to think of a hot take. I'm trying to think of a... <laughs> Think of a think of a good a good hot take for you. Something to take away from. If there's this something worse about. than the apparition, mm. I'm trying to think of one too, really quick to give you some juices flowing. But I don't have much hate left in my body anymore. Uh, Aronofsky's a hack. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's Not, fine. No, I was gonna say no one here is gonna disagree. Yeah, we really. That's Thank for God. the people who listen to this. They'll shake their fists at the screen. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind. You can say that. Uh, isn't he the director for Requiem for a Dream? Yeah. That's the best movie to watch one single time in your life and then never again. The movie's for trash. Dream is a lot. It is, the uh, movie has one good performance. Yeah, every single one of them is good. It's just a one yeah. done. Ellen Burstein is the only good performance in that. Jared Leto's terrible. The Wayne's brother was really bad. Jennifer Coolidge just, like, looked blankly. <laughs> is that the, the movie a, the like, movie's a snore <clears throat> man if you're not afraid of a refrigerator after that I don't know what to tell you no that's well that, that's that's the good portion of the movie that was the only portion of the movie that I actually liked well, the rest of it was like the rest of it was just like I mean I like chaotic stuff like I'm, I like you, you guys seen Uncut Gems yeah, I mean oh yeah, yeah of course yeah, I like I like like good. I I like a good high anxiety movie. You know, it's yeah. good anxiety and you want a better anxiety good movie. Good time. No, yeah, good, I, th- I think I think Good Time is a better movie than Uncut Gems. I just yeah. think I Uncut agree. Gems has. I think Uncut Gems has. Well, it obviously has a better production value. Everything. I think the world of Uncut Gems and how it looks on screen looks way better than Good Time. I think that. You're definitely right, but I think it was just you know they made Good Time and then it was just like they wound up being appreciated so they were like oh we can now do uncut gems yeah let's do the thing that we've been been trying to do forever (laughs) yeah Yeah. i do think that howard ratner is a better character than uh pattinson in good time but i think good time's a better movie i feel worse for howard like in good time like no one's like a good character except for the safety brother yeah no he (laughs) i the the robert pattinson character in that movie is 
so complex and I've seen that movie I guess I guess it had to be like five times now <laughs> and like he is just like the worst person ever yeah he sucks so bad <laughs> he's the worst guy he's like the last person you would ever want to run into ever it, like, reminds, you just, reminds me of some people I used to hang out with <laughs> <laughs> Nick is the brother there we go he's Connie and his brother's Nick yeah like Nick is the brother or Nick is the character where I'm like I actually enjoy you, but everyone else, I hate them. I even hate the security guard who didn't really do anything wrong. <laughs> Dude, no, that's, like, when, the first time I saw that, I, like, gasped audibly when they poured the acid in his mouth. I was, like... Yeah, that's The movie's a lot. It's, that's, like, my worst nightmare. I, I was on furlough for, oh, man, four months, I think, um, during the beginning of COVID, and uh, I remember watching uncut gems at like 11 o'clock in the morning and I didn't have anyone to talk to at you know like 1 30 in the afternoon because everyone else was at work and I'm yeah. calling anyone I can and I'm just like I gotta talk about this movie I gotta talk about this movie and then the next night I watched uh good time and I just I remember like both both movies just I was like holy shit like this is so fucking good and uh Becca was like you should really just like go outside. <laughs> I was like, yeah, maybe. Maybe I should. Yeah, no, they're up next, man. They're like, they're, they, they are like little tiny, little Scorsese's, both of them. Yeah, they're, they're, they're incredible. fantastic. I, I mean, I'm a huge Bobby P fan, but I, I really, I really love those two. I will well, have see you seen, anything they do now. Have, have you, you seen, seen any of me? like their shorts or their uh, other movies? I've only seen those two. I want to see that weird short that they did with, uh, Adam Sandler, where he plays like that, that metal man, you know, like he's oh, it's on YouTube. Performer. I'm pretty sure. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's on YouTube. It's also on the like the Criterion, but you, know, oh, you don't cool. need to buy all that. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't have a Criterion login anymore. I did. One of my friends had one, but life goes on. That's right. Yeah, life goes on. Is there anything you want to promote? Do you well, want to? We just... also have to ask what his favorite movies of all time are. Oh yeah, that's right. You're, you're forgetting. Oh buddy. man. We haven't done oh, this in man. forever, and the last time we did, it was Jonathan, who's been here a bunch. Yeah. So oh, we man. didn't have to do the formalities. Some people have been telling us they're, like, uh, their top five, so, I mean, if you can't do number one, you can do a five, and no one will be mad. Oh, okay. Um, or a three, you know, like, whatever. Just don't give me, like, your 20 favorite movies. I'm going to be like, all right, buddy, you can fuck off. Like, narrow no, I, I, got a, I got a whole list here. Hold on. It's really <laughs> did long. you prepare? Um, oh, yeah, totally prepared a list here. Um, my favorite movie, the top five, my favorite, well, my favorite movie is probably The Sound of Music. Interesting. Is that a love joke? Love The Sound of is Music. No, not a joke. 100% love The Sound of Music. Uh, okay. Incredible movie. Everything about that movie is great. It's a great musical. Every frame of that movie is impeccably done. It's incredible. Um, I really like, have you ever seen The Life Aquatic? Yeah. I really like The Life Aquatic. I think The Life Aquatic's a great movie. That's my favorite Wes Anderson movie. I don't really like much of his other stuff. Oh. But okay. Yeah, no, seriously. I I'm not a not a not a big Wes Anderson fan. Like I he's good at doing his thing, but what The Life Aquatic's is a different thing for me. I love that movie. Um Hmm. Have you ever seen I like In the Mood for Love. I watched that recently. That's an incredible movie. I'm not sure what that one is. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. It's a Korean film from a director called Wong Kar Wai. Oh, okay. 
and that's that movie blew me away. I was I watched that like last weekend, I think, and it just kind of kind of floored me. Um, Cantonese movie, okay. Oh yeah, not Korean Chinese. Chinese is a Hong Kong film. Um, we throw a horror movie in there. Gotta throw a horror movie in there. If you say Halloween, I'm gonna brain you. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something real controversial. Um, the Human Centipede. <clears throat> yeah, good film. Uh, I, I, I like it. It's good. Yeah, I like the first Human Centipede a lot. I think it's uh, very underrated. I think it's one of the best horror movies of the 2000s for sure. Uh, on the back of my little car, there is a Hello Kitty Human Centipede. Nice. All I've got is a Blu-ray. Hey, we probably have the same collection. Is it? Is it the? Is it the? The one with all three of them? Yeah. Yeah, I've got that. I've never watched. I've never watched the second one all the way through. I can't you want to see a dude it. jack off with sandpaper? That movie's I for can't you. stomach it. I can't watch it. It's not. It's. <laughs> In that's my just opinion, a little bit too much. The worst like part of two. Yeah, I mean that's pretty. <laughs> no, nah, the worst part of two to me is when he bashes people's teeth out. I can't do that. Oh, I can't dude, watch no. It. This a pregnant woman has so much stress that she goes into labor while she's driving a stick shift car. Yeah, and, and she I crushes I, the babies. See, but Oof. I feel like that would be easier to take because it's like that's so over the top, and I feel like that's why that franchise works for mm-hmm. me because it's like once something, once an idea is so extreme, it kind of tumbles into a self parody. Yeah. If that makes sense, and that's no, what like, like the Human Centipede. I don't really see it as like a horror film as more as I do of like a black comedy, mm-hmm. because it's such an insane idea that to take it seriously is to miss the point of it. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I feel like, I feel like it's just, it's like a schlocky uh, B horror film just done now. It's just a ridiculous idea. Right. Because, like, way more, they were doing crazy, all kinds of crazy, horrible shit in those B-movies, like, from the 50s, like, all kinds of horrible human experiments and stuff. You just couldn't take it seriously because it was people in costumes, like, coming up out of the ooze, you know? Right, right, right. But this is just, like, the concept is extreme, and you can actually film that without, like, prosthetics and shit. It doesn't mm-hmm. take much. That movie's crazy. Love that movie. Saw that movie when I was like fourteen. I just sat there in silence with my friend, and we just looked at each other like in shame and like just awe and disgust. You know, like right, terrible, crazy, life-changing cinematic experience. See, yeah, I was sitting here like, huh? Is this guy gonna be the second person in a row to bring up Blood Feast right now? <laughs> I've never seen Blood Feast. What is Blood Feast? Herschel it's Gordon a, uh, Lewis film. Yeah, it's like uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis is. Uh, the like, Godfather of Splatter. Well, it's considered his like first actual like uh, splatter piece, I believe. Okay, it's an okay movie. If you've seen any other Herschel Gordon mo- Herschel Gordon Lewis movie, then you can you know set yourself up for it. But... I might have. Are there any others that are that are particularly uh, um, like stand out that I might have seen? Wizard of Gore, I think, is probably his biggest one. Um, and then he made uh, Two Thousand Maniacs. Not not I no clue. But yeah. I'm gonna look it up. I'm hey, gonna look it up. Send out. me some links. Send me some links. Okay. I'm always looking for new stuff to watch. 
Oh, then I got so, you. So, yeah, The Sound of Music, uh, The Human Centipede, those are two great films. Two wonderful films that I love. The Duality those are good of ones. Man. <laughs> the Duality of Man, right there. Um, what did I say? Life Aquatic, In yep. the Mood for Love. Yep. That's you the got four. one number, more. And a number five. I'm going to hit him with a real hot take, Batman and Robin. Yo! Yo! I fucking love Batman and Robin. I'm so happy love, right I now. I love Batman and Robin. That movie is so good. Holy the, shit. I, 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 I want my Batman dumb. <laughs> I want my Batman goofy. I think I think Batman being taken seriously is is like kind of a bad idea. I'm not a fan of the Nolan movies really at all. I don't Yo. really like don't really like the DCU stuff that much, but Batman and Robin is Batman and Robin is perfect to me because it's the 60s show just done with a 90s aesthetic. And that's all it needs to be. <clears throat> Love that shit. Batman Love and Robin's that. my favorite Batman movie, far and away. I'm Me too. so happy. Totally. It's great. It's my favorite. Getting to show people that their first time with their only knowledge being the Nolan movies is such a wonderful treat for me. Well, because that's what Batman was in the beginning. It was some goofy, dumb shit. Batman still is goofy, dumb shit. I cannot wait exactly. for the Pattinson Batman. I'm no, me neither. So I excited. think he's going to kill it. People have been calling it Battinson, and I'm definitely here for it. Yeah, that's going to be the best Batman since Batman and Robin, hands down. Uh, no, since he... I knew I knew it was going to be good since since Pattinson and Paul Dano signed on to it, because they don't sign on to stuff that's bullshit. I, I'm a big Paul Dano fan. Okay. Uh, I remember, Listen, I remember seeing up. fucking uh, Swiss Army Man in theaters with a girl that like was not like a film girl, and she was yeah. just like... That was a movie, and I was like, "No, Swiss Army Man rips." That was a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, Swiss Army Man rips. That that could easily be in my top five. It's a good movie. Yeah. You mean it's to tell really me good. that "Remember Me" is a good movie, Zach Butcher? I didn't say that every movie Robert Pattinson has ever made is God. That's the nine. That's the nine eleven rom com, right? <laughs> yeah, it yes. is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Epic. and I were at Salvation Army yesterday, and we were looking at the movies, and I was like, "Find one good movie here." And Sarah pulled out Remember Me. And I was like, is this the fucking 9-11 twist ending movie with Robert Pattinson? Yeah. And they were like, yes, it is. And I was like, okay, you got me. I um, I had never seen it. And I was telling everyone that I was a big Bobby P fan. And I was like, you know, I will, uh, I will, I'll, I'll check it out, you know, like, and everyone's like, oh, it's so good. It's so good. But the thing is, like, don't let anyone spoil it for you. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I can do that. And there's a kid that I used to be good friends with that uh, we did not stop being friends over this. But uh, we we were friends for a while, and we would always talk about Bobby P stuff. And I was like, yeah, Becca and I are going to watch Remember Me tonight. I've never seen it. And he's just standing there in Books A Million, and he's like, oh, yeah, the 9-11 movie. And I was just like, I'm never going to see this movie. I'm never going to see this fucking movie. Like, it's it's been ruined for me. There's no point in it. Well, you're a big Twilight guy, right? I'm a huge Twilight guy. Zach Butcher is the Twilight guy. I I have not told anyone other than, like, two friends at work. I haven't even told Blade this yet. I made a joke to Becca the other day. Um, We went last Sunday, I believe, uh, to... We drove to Virginia. We drove four and a half hours one way because there's an Alamo draft house there. And they were playing in Charlottesville. Uh, I I, right. I don't remember which one it was, but there, I guess there's three in Northern Virginia, but only oh, one amazing. of them was showing it. So we had to we have to go to the specific one. I'll look when we are done with this. Um, but uh, we went 
and we saw Twilight on the big screen. It was Becca, myself, and uh, a great friend of ours, Nicole. And it was an absolute blast. And then Monday, you know, we came home that night. And Monday I'm at work and I texted Becca and I was like, you know, I might as well just say fuck it. I'm going to get a Twilight tattoo. I was like, I want a Robert Pattinson Cupie, I believe is how you pronounce it. K-E-W-P-I-E. Yeah. And, uh, and Becca was like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, do you want to just get one with me? And they were like, yeah, okay. And then we were talking about it a little bit more, you know. We finalized it. Um, our anniversary is on a Friday, and uh, we both have the day off. So we're going to go see one of our tattoo friends, and uh, we're going to get our little Twilight tattoos together. We've been together for four years. Uh, we're engaged. I figured, you know, it's not the end of the world if I get a matching tattoo with someone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. I uh, I love Twilight. No, Twilight rips. I love Twilight. Twilight's the best. The first one, at least. The first the one's first... incredible. I have seen the first one, I'm not even joking, probably 30 times, and that's just in the last six months. See, it's, it's very it's good. good. It's a cinematic masterpiece. I'm very glad It's really good. The it. first one's great. All the other ones are fine. Um, they are fine. Uh, well, uh, ranking of the Twilight opinion, movies. They're, 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 yeah, they're, Ooh, yeah. Do you want my The ranking? first one's great. The first one's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, one, yeah. What's, uh, on one, air, what's our ranking? Mine is one, three, two, five, four. Okay, okay. What about you? One, five, four, two three whoa okay breaking dawn is ridiculous whenever like it's just bad (laughs) i just love it more i just like it because it's terrible but the first one i actually like so i am one two four five three yeah eclipse is the worst eclipse sucks so bad eclipse is terrible it's a terrible book too i mean they're all bad books but like eclipse is a specifically terrible book (laughs) Eclipse is some real dog shit, let me tell yeah. you. Uh, I want to get the fucking, like, ten years later Midnight Sun adaptation with everybody playing the same roles, and there's no explanation of why they look older. Just, they're going to play <laughs> it straight completely. I didn't, she release, didn't she release a book written from Edward's point of view? Yeah, that's Midnight Sun. Yeah, yeah that's Midnight Sun. It finally came out, I believe, last summer. Maybe two summers ago. I'm, I'm hazy on the date, but... Uh, it was it was just like Twilight from Edward's point of view, though. It wasn't like, you know, 10 years later or everything. It was just conveniently it came out 10 years later. Insane. No, oh, they yeah. should do that again. They should, they should make another Twilight movie. <laughs> All right. Um, what would you like to plug? How can we, uh, how can oh, we man. promote you? Uh, listen to Grip Hook. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Come <laughs> on. Listen to Grip Hook. Oh, fuck! Listen to Grip Hook. Listen to Dale listen Hollow. Listen to Grip Hook. Listen to Dale Hollow. Listen to Kitty. Listen to Cowboy Baby. Ooh, what's Cowboy Baby? Go to Spotify. Baby? That's my friend Cecilia. She's great. She's I'm incredible. very excited. Okay. Yeah, yeah send, send us a link it. to that. I'll send it to you because she's incredible. Um, I'm gonna send you the Bandcamp so you can send her. My I need you to send me a message with all of your social media handles and links to these things so I can include them in the the transcript thing. Description, description. Yeah, the description. Um, Is there is there a real thing you'd like to promote for you? Um, not right now. Okay, that's okay. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I just I just wanted to make sure that you know the moment hadn't passed or something. No, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to plug my socials really. I just wanted to talk. That's fine. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, butcher, you got something? Uh, Um, 
this will come out two Mondays from now. So what no, is that? no, it'll come out tomorrow, guy. Da- uh, oh, Davis damn. comes out tomorrow. You didn't send me it, so this is coming out tomorrow. I emailed you, Davis, three days ago. No um, way. So yeah, February. Can you 14th send it to me? Like, can you send it to me so I can listen to it before it comes out? Yeah, of course. Thanks. Um. So because I because I I didn't want you to cut some stuff out if you don't mind. Uh, that's gonna suck ass. But sure, <laughs> I'll pay that's you. Fine. No, you don't, g- you don't. Don't do I'll that. I'll give you money. How about uh, when, you cut when it we, out? <laughs> when we hit, uh, when we hit end, you can tell us what you'd like to have removed. Um, so right. this will come out on the 14th. Uh, happy Valentine's Day, Bordello Kids. Uh, let's see. Gripbook is releasing a single and a B-side on all streaming services. Uh, the A-side is uh, My Bloody Valentine. The B-side is Killer's Delight. In my opinion, Killer's Delight is our best song. Every other member of this band hates it, so please just force yourself to think it's the best. Uh, it's already on Bandcamp if you're listening to this uh, you know, ahead of time. Uh, we are also going to drop a hoodie pre-order, a bumper sticker pre-order, and I have told no one this. Um, if you buy the hoodie in the first week, we will send you a personalized Mr. Griphook Valentine's card. Becca and I have made a bunch of creepy little things, you know, uh, they'll never find your body as hot as I do, be my valentine or else, you know, like shit like that, uh, yeah, um, and that's, I don't know, I think that's it, I still haven't started a country band, I, uh, yeah, cool, get on that. (laughs) I want to. I've started like five, and then they never go anywhere, and it just becomes me writing or recording songs like on my phone. But I'm a really bad guitar player, so like I feel very nervous about the idea of releasing them. No, I feel that. Says the guy that's currently learning banjo, the most annoying instrument with strings. Oh, come on. It's fun. I, I'm not knocking it. I'm saying it's just hard to learn. It's not that hard to learn. It's pretty easy okay. to learn, actually. Okay. It really is. Okay. Maybe I'm just stupid. No, you're not stupid. <laughs> I'm just fucking around. I'm sorry. Boyd, what do you want to promote? Uh, my label. You don't have to say any of the stuff I just said. Yeah, you were. I was going to take the wind out of your sails and promote the grip hook drop early ahead of time since this was coming out tomorrow. But it's not coming out tomorrow. It'll come out Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Um, on that horizon note, uh, I think grip hook is the only thing we got going on. Everybody should listen to grip hook. Grip hook will be in town in Detroit in March. Um, March 4th March 4th come to the show uh, you cannot stay at my house with Grip Hook because Grip Hook is staying at my house um, <laughs> aside from that I think the only thing I need to promote is uh, do we have any extra yeah we're going to put up a bunch of extra Grip Hook stuff on the 14th too like the extra tapes and whatnot. oh too. yeah I'm sorry we are, uh, we're going to put up all the leftover shirts uh, they're printed on comfort colors because I'm a bootleg boy through and through we're going to put up the leftover cassettes um we're playing a show Tuesday the 8th, but, you know, it'll already be passed. Uh, and if we sell anything, which I'm sure we won't, because every time we play big shows, we don't sell shit. Uh, that'll all go up. I think we've got 10 cassettes left. I've got t-shirts in every size from, like, small to 4XL minus large. I think we're out of larges. Um, yeah. Please buy it, because then it's just more money for the hoodies. Yep, and uh, all proceeds of this will go to uh, Grip Hook Hoodies to make sure that we get these hoodies as comfortable as they can possibly be. 
That's right, baby. We tried to print them on human flesh, but apparently they don't do that. Um, it's fucked up. Yeah, I know we have guy. to do it on hoodies. Oh, thank goodness. If you know a guy, they will be on human skin uh, and also more <laughs> expensive. <laughs> They'll be $35 instead of 30 you know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the skin cost is going up in this year. Uh, yeah, the economy. Uh, uh, no, I got nothing else, guys. Thank you for doing this, uh, Mr. Cartwheel. Everybody's going to have a good sign-off. Happy Valentine's Day.